Welcome to the fifth quarter sports cast. I'm Jerry G. I'm here as usual with Todd Corley. We're going to re- discuss uh, some week 17 NFL football. The uh, season's winding down here, the regular season, and teams are making a push for postseason seedings for the playoffs. And uh, there was there's quite a handful of uh, action packed games, that's for sure. And uh, a, a lot of uh, seedings could potentially change with the uh, Week 18 games. We could have a lot of flip and flopping, so things are getting interesting. But uh, let's dive into some of the, uh, the highlights and we'll kind of dig into some of this. Uh, one of the notable honorable mentions that uh, – <laughs> jump in the gun there a little bit, buddy. I thought I was drinking time. You said jump in. Uh, hey, jump in, go go nuts! Uh, uh, <laughs> I feel like that guy on on the Andy Griffith show was it the town drunk? That's uh, what I, that's what I feel like right now. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Well, just just wait, we got more, but uh, we got plenty of notable games. But uh, just to look at some of the uh, the few here for our cheers of the week, put the usual weekly poll out. Uh, which NFL player should get their team's Player of the Week nomination? Uh, we got two teams that won and two teams that lost. So we'll, uh, but either way, I mean, all four players have arguably a, a spot on this list. We have Jamal Williams from the Detroit Lions. We got Mike Evans from the Tampa Bay Bucks, Daniel Jones from the Giants, and Devontae Adams from the Raiders. Uh, as of right now, Jamal Williams not getting any love. Kind of surprised. But we got Mike Evans, who seems to be the uh, outright favorite at 60%. We got Daniel Jones and Devontae Adams both at 20 Uh I personally went with Daniel Jones, although I was torn. I didn't take Mike Evans just because the majority was taking him, so I decided to go a different way and get something different. I kind of wanted to go with Devontae Adams, but... Um, I mean, Do you remember he wasn't wearing green and gold anymore? Well, partially. But no, I, I Jared Stidham also had a pretty good day, so I kind of felt like that was – he had a big day, so Devontae had a big day. But Yeah, I, funny <laughs> you mentioned quarterbacks. Yeah. Because I'll tell you who uh, who was throwing the ball to old number 13 there down in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Tom but was went, slinging it, baby. I'd give it to Tom Brady slash well, Mike Evans. It, it's it's about time because God knows it only took him seventeen weeks to get there. But Listen, I, you, you know, do you have you ever been through a divorce, Jared? Do you know not, not yet the toll it takes on you <laughs> to watch your ex wife getting finger blasted by a uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu instructor? <laughs> you don't know, Jared. I, can't say I do. No, but uh, with all that being said. I went off the board just because the majority went with Mike Evans, although Mike Evans clearly seems to be the favorite. No no argument here. But I went with Daniel Jones, and the main reason I went with Daniel Jones solely for the fact that he accounted for four of the team's touchdowns by himself, whether it was passing or two rushing. And he was the team's leading rusher, and he was the team's leading passer, and he was the team's leading scorer. So... I, I I went with him, so that's my uh, my cheers of the week nomination. 
I'm over here doing a uh, rear naked choke in honor of Giselle getting filled out like an application by her new boyfriend. I vote for Tom Brady and uh, and Mike Evans. So I mean, I guess by that rationale, I guess I'll cheers to it. Here we go. <laughs> But, yeah, like I said, we got two teams that won, two teams that lost. Even though Devontae Adams balled out hands down, the team came up just a little short, and we'll cover that here a little bit later. And, uh, you know, Jamal Williams, they came up a little bit short in their game as well. Or, no, not they didn't come short in that game. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know. But another, uh, we'll start off with one of the notable games that's kind of make a uh, – Potential playoff uh, positioning is uh, the Jags. They beat Houston 31-3, and they play the Titans, who's basically kind of fell off the the face of the earth over the last few weeks. But the winner of that basically holds the tiebreaker and will go to the playoffs. As of right now, it's Jacksonville, so that game will be interesting. But we'll, uh, we'll discuss some game positioning and flexing a little bit later in my thoughts. But we'll start off with your your bread and butter and your your Tom Brady. The receivers came up big. Tom Brady finally showed the former Tom Brady we're used to seeing. Receivers, like I said, came up big, helped to secure the win. Uh, Carolina, you know, they, they gave him a run, and for a while there it looked like Carolina's going to run away with it, but uh, they get the win 30-24. to 24. Evans... 10 for 207, three touchdowns, Godwin, 9 of 120. And Evans becomes the first player, sets an NFL record, to start a career with nine consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. I, it's hard to say that, you know, the team's clicking, maybe, at the right time. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But they, they clinch a, a postseason berth with that because they, you know, they – get the division uh, lead with that game. But uh, do you think they finally turned it around? Or do you think it was a it was a fluke? I mean, I'd kind of like to go back to our episode one, NFL Week 2. Yes, I know you're going to. <laughs> uh, I know they're not in the NFC East. Still got them going to the playoffs, baby. Still got them going to the NFC Championship, probably the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm a Bucks fan. This is happening. This well, is happening, folks. And well, uh, maybe, just maybe, Johnny Manziel wasn't that good. I'm just saying, maybe throwing to the six foot five behemoth down there at Texas A&M, maybe it was a little bit of Mike Evans. It, it, you see what Mike Evans can do when he's got a real quarterback throwing to him. I, I Jesus Christ! Over over under Tom Brady's age versus passing attempts because I think, holy I think, shit I, I think it's a little bit more likely than just a maybe <laughs> it was Evans I think it was a more of a definite it was, that's just, right. it was Evans that's right baby but yeah we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll see what they do now that they locked up the division uh and they they, they lock up their spot in the, the playoffs so we'll see what they can do I love it um move on to the next game here the Lions just stomped all over the excuse of a team that's in Chicago. The Bears just embarrassed them, which I mean, let's be honest, the Bears are just they're they're just anxiously at the they're at the finish line. They can't run fast enough to get to the uh well, the Bears 
are the just final? in the bus. The Bears are Justin Fields and a bunch of assholes wearing a blue helmet with a C on it. Outside of outside of Justin Fields, I, I don't know what. I mean, they're they they can't run to the finish line quick enough. Essentially, I mean, they're they're just they're just they're not. How do they even have as many wins as they do? It's 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 all fields. It's it. They have nobody it's, else. It's literally fields. it. Every single time that I'm watching the Bears, and they have the ball, it's Justin uh, Fields dropping back for like two or three seconds. Honestly, and then like, if, oh, if he God, wasn't the only guy. Again. If he wasn't the only valuable guy on offense, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't put him in corner <laughs> or safety. Put him on defense. I I don't know. That team is a dumpster, but they can't get to the finish line fast enough. But Jamal Williams uh, helped secure that win. I'll tell you who else helped secure that win. DeAndre Swift. Yes. Homeboy, homeboy is the better he, running he, back. Dude. He, uh, he finally – kind of showed why he was the number one running back, but I, they seem to still like putting Williams in on the, uh, the goal line drives, but he's, he went 22 at one forty four and one touchdown. And God knows he looks like the better running back compared to my number one overall pick in fantasy this year. That's for sure. You got a steal on that one, but yeah, he, uh, he looked pretty good, but they will meet up with the next game here to, to cover the Packers just embarrassed the Vikings. Kirk Cousins looked like another guy that used to wear a former blue number six in the previous game we just mentioned, Jay Cutler. They, I had a hard time telling him apart for how they played. He looked disgusting. He could not get anything to Justin Jefferson. So Jefferson game, had a good game, though, but oh no, 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 he didn't. <laughs> he didn't even get his first catch, I think, until like the third end of the third quarter. But it was just it's it's very apparent what the game plan is, and it's Justin Jefferson or bust. I mean, that's essentially what it is. Because Thielen, they couldn't get the ball to Thielen. Hawkinson looked okay. He he had a few glimmers, but if you shut down Dalvin Cook and you shut down uh Jefferson, that's it. They got nothing else. Uh it, this score looked a lot worse than it did because at one point it was 41-3, to three, I believe. And Green Bay basically started taking their guys out and putting Jordan Love in and putting some of the younger guys in. And then that's when, you know, uh, that's when the uh, Vikings started scoring. But the highlights of the game, obviously, were the 105-yard kick return for uh, Keyshawn Nixon for the Packers. I the the thing that kind of came to mind. I think it was 108 or 109 uh, yard kick return against the Saints. Randall Cobb's rookie year. I haven't seen anybody return for the Packers since that. Like that was awesome to see. And then you go out the next series and you get a blocked punt down to the one. <laughs> so, so you had a special teams phenomenon and then a misfire in the very next series so that wasn't ideal but uh yeah Kirk Cousins threw the ball to any and everybody wearing anything other than white <laughs> so he had uh what was it three picks I think and a fumble uh so in Kirk Cousins fashions I, I like that <laughs> I'm sure you do I, I, I like it a lot uh Jones Aaron Jones went 14 for 111 
but final end. AJ Dillon got in there. AJ Dillon, he's got it. that A plus on that celebration. Now what the hell is going on there? It's like a Olin Mills photo shoot. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Jesus. hey, he could do whatever he wants in the end zone. Just get some points. Just get some get some touchdowns. Because God knows when they get to the first and goal, second and goal, third and goal, they are, I believe, thirty first or thirty second in goal to go. So, hey, you get in however you can get in, buddy, because God knows I don't see a lot of it this year. But with all that being said, the Packers needed to win out. They needed some help. So their playoff hopes are there's still a glimmer. But thankfully, the uh, Browns, your Browns took uh, Carson Wentz for a ride and knocked him off. And so they were out. So now they hold a basically three-way run for the uh, seventh spot of the playoff seating with Seattle and Detroit. Carson Wentz. And, uh, yeah. Carson Wentz has to have blackmail on Ron Rivera. Like, he's got to have some sort of, like, pictures. Well, did you see Tax returns. There's something, dude. Rivera (laughs) Rivera's been around for a while. Did you see his postgame? He's not a new coach. (sighs) The one reporter asked if, uh, you know, now that you guys are eliminated, would you consider starting Sam Howell after the Carson Wentz experience? And Riviera's response was, we're eliminated? And they said, well, yeah, depending on the 4 o'clock game, if Green Bay wins, you know, you're out because you lost to Cleveland. He's like, oh, I didn't realize that. Like, I hope that was sarcasm. <laughs> How do you not know that? But I think you did that shit on purpose. That's the only reason you play Carson Wentz. I mean, God knows. I can't think of another reason. The guy hasn't been good since his year in Philly. But Unfortunately, they were already past the trade deadline. Otherwise, they would have traded for sweet little Maker Bayfield. Yeah. But the ba- the uh, the Bakerless Browns beat the uh, Red, uh, Redskins. Commanders beat the okay. Washington Commies and took them out of the playoffs. So now it's a three-horse race to the finish line for the seventh spot between Seattle, Detroit, and Green Bay. And Green Bay and Detroit play. Their game was flexed to the 8.30 game Sunday night. The Seattle game is at 4 o'clock for us in Eastern time zone. They were talking about this on ESPN. Do you see anything odd about that? Because potentially those games were already at the same time. Because their thought was, if Seattle wins and beats the Rams, which in most cases will happen, doesn't matter what Detroit does because they're out. They need Seattle to lose and beat Green Bay to get in. So if Seattle wins, Detroit has nothing to play for other than spoiler because they're already out coming into the game. So they're going to know now what their status is going into the game now that they flexed it instead of having it at the same time. So everyone was kind of like, why would you not have them at the same time? Because now that's mm-hmm. an advantage for Green Bay. It is. Because now they they joked about it. The PA announcer, he has a lot of energy. When they come into the 7 o'clock, you know, they start filtering into the stadium. Once they see the results of the game, if Seattle wins, which most likely could happen, is there a chance that the PA announcer can be like, and congratulations to the Seattle Seahawks on their win over the Rams? And basically then, at that point, Detroit knows they have nothing to play for other than knocking Green Bay out of the playoffs as well. Like, why would you not play those at the same time? 
It doesn't make any sense. Other than you want Green Bay to be in the postseason. You want to see Aaron Rodgers in the postseason. That's what it's all about. It's like the shitty Notre Dame of professional football. Well, and it's, it's, I mean, it's. They got a lot of fans. Exactly. They got a lot of fans that are out there, the shitty Green Bay fans. Well, what is just it? like it, bottom what? feeders. You're you're like the placostomus of the NFL fan. You're just sucking all the algae off the sides of the tank. But uh, to to kind of you know piggyback off of that, they said, well, that could go one of two ways. It could either dampen their spirits and basically kind of have Detroit fall apart, or it could piss them off even more and say, hey, if we're not getting in, guess what? You're not getting in either, and it could work against them. But either way, my question and what I mentioned at the beginning of the pod here, if there's a bigger game on the line that you shouldn't flex, put Green Bay at the same time as Seattle. And if there's a game that should be flexed, why are they not flexing Jacksonville, Tennessee to the Sunday night game? That game seems to have more on the line than the Green Bay game, in my opinion. But it's Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay draws, so they want the money. They want the revenue because what's the same? Money talks. But it is what it is. But with that being said, we'll uh, we'll move to the next one here. Uh, the Giants they take down lowly uh, Indianapolis. Speaking about Carson Wentz, his former home, they take them down thirty-eight to ten. We previously mentioned that uh, Danny Dimes just balled out four touchdowns, two passing, two receiving. He uh, nineteen of twenty-four. He only had 177, but he had two passing touchdowns, 11.91 on the ground, and two rushing touchdowns. So he accounted for four touchdowns of their total, 38. But with their win, they clinch a postseason berth as well. So I, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see how these these seedings are going to pan out here moving forward, especially in the AFC. But we'll touch base with that here in a little bit. But the NFC, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see the Giants. <laughs> I don't see the Giants moving forward. That's just me. If your best quarterback's only throwing 177 yards, I I don't see it, especially against Indianapolis. I don't see it happening. You saw it about six weeks ago when you were shoving the G-men down my throat. You, you, you I couldn't shove beat. Anything. Let's just get the record straight. I shoved nothing down anyone's throat. You couldn't be <laughs> hashtag me too. You couldn't. You couldn't be more pro New York Giants. No, like I two was, months ago, you were over pro, here. God damn it! You I, sold me the, on them. Hey, let's get the story straight. I was pro Saquon. It was nice to see Saquon finally back, but he didn't show up for this game at all. He had zero impact. So I mean, when your quarterback's the leading rusher, doesn't speak volumes to your offense. We'll move on to the last game here, and then we'll we'll move on to some breaking news. But uh, we kind of touched base on this already, also as well with the uh, the poll of the week. We had Las Vegas taking on San Francisco, and surprisingly, Vegas took San Fran to the distance. They it, it took them to overtime to uh, you know to get the decision here, but uh, they. Vegas came up short. Uh, big Brock, big cock Brock, went for a twenty-two of thirty-five, uh, two hundred eighty-four yards and two touchdowns. CMC went for nineteen, one twenty-one and a touchdown. Jared Stidham, I, I, I don't know if he's the next man up for the future, but he sure, uh, <laughs> he sure, he sure made a case. 
That's for sure. And I think he'll probably be the future moving forward as long as uh, uh, McDaniels is there. But 23 of 34 for 365 and three touchdowns. Devontae Adams uh, catching two of those touchdowns. He went seven for 153. I'm going to be honest. I kind of expected that to be a blowout. I kind of expected San Francisco to steamroll them. So for them to have to take it to overtime, that was pretty impressive. I don't know what that says about them because, I mean, are the Raiders having some kind of resurgence, you know, behind Stedham? Is it a shot in the arm? I don't know. Did San Francisco just not be able to put the throttle down? I I don't know. It is what it is, but San Francisco gets the win. They, I believe, now have the second seed. Philly's potentially still fighting for the first seed. I think now that Minnesota lost to Green Bay, they're down to three. San Francisco moves to two. Tampa's at four, I believe, is the uh, how it lays out. And then I think it's, what is it, Dallas and the Giants at you five, got six. It. You got it. And then we got that three-way fight for seventh. So. Swing that hammer, baby. It's the, it's the Seahawks, baby. Seahawks flying anywhere there. It would be – how interesting would it be? I mean – Granted, I obviously hope the Packers get in, but let's be honest. The Packers get in, they're going to get steamrolled by whoever the hell they play because they've had a, what, five, six-game losing streak. It's the worst, one of the worst teams I've seen in God knows what, 32-some years I've watched them. But it would be interesting, just for the sake of argument, the first year Seattle kicks Russ to the curb to get, in the, <laughs> to get into the playoffs. That would be funny. That would be funny. I love it. I think it needs to stay just the way it is. Well, and the and the fact that the team that Russ went to, Denver, couldn't be more polar opposite of Seattle. <laughs> I just would find that kind of funny. Terrible. But with that being said, we will move on to some of the breaking news here. Um, kind of piggybacking off of that last game with the, the Raiders. I I don't think I've ever seen this. I don't quite understand it. There has to be some sort of agreement monetarily, financial um, aspect involved, because I don't know why else you would do it. But Derek Carr and the Raiders apparently agreed to have him stay away from the facility completely. Like he's Seven-year, $115 million contract extension? Oh, no. Here's something else. I got you. I got you. Yeah, no, you're right. I thought they just renewed his contract. Yeah. Yeah, he's not even in the building. Like it's one thing if okay, hey, we're gonna we're you we're gonna let you sit. We're gonna go with the new guy. We're gonna try something different. He's not even in the building. Like he's not even in the room. He's not in meetings. He's nowhere. Like that's just odd. And the only thing I can think of is they don't even want to take a chance of him getting hurt because then they'd have to pay the injury settlement, and they're on the hook for that before what is it the March. Or the June cut date. So that's the only thing I can think. Don't get hurt so we don't have to pay you an injury settlement. But, uh, yeah, don't be involved. Don't be a, a problem. And then for Carr to say, okay. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just weird. I've, I've never seen it. It's just odd. The guys don't ever try to understand the inner workings of the Raiders. I don't care no. what city they're in. Oakland, I mean, Los Angeles, just, Las it's Vegas. Just, it's just odd because the guy's been the face of the franchise for, what, the last decade? And then the fact that he just – willingly was like sure i'll leave like that was just odd which again seems that there's more mishandling of stuff going on like i don't know it's a dumpster but we uh 
What? Take a shot. The listeners and I have a game. We take a shot every single time Jared says dumpster, and I'm taking a shot. Let's be honest. When you you talk about the the Commanders, the Colts, the Raiders, there's a lot of that to go around all year long. I'm going to puke. Speaking of uh, speaking of the commanders, we already kind of touched on this. We started out with Wentz. He got hurt. We went back to Heineke. Then we lost, and we went back to Wentz, and that was a disaster. So now we're back to Wentz, or we're back to Heineke again. Uh, <laughs> let's be honest. You don't have a quarterback on that roster that apparently you trust. So throw the third string guy out. Is Wentz's time in the league done? Like, is he done? Is that his last stop? Or somebody else going to so. take a chance? I mean, he's been on three teams in three years. Like, how much more a team is going to take a gamble on him? He's got to be done, right? problem is he's not great at football. That's my thing. I was going to say, he reminds me of a very less talented Matt Flynn. And don't get me wrong, Matt Flynn, I loved Matt Flynn when he was in Green Bay. But when he balled out against New England and almost beat him and put up, or was it Detroit? I don't know. He had like five, almost 500 yards and five touchdowns or something crazy. He got a deal with Seattle, and then they drafted Russ, and then he went to Buffalo, and they drafted Josh Allen, and then they went to Oakland, they drafted uh, Pryor, like, and he was getting paid from all of them, but he never played. Like That kind of reminds me of a less talented Matt Flynn. <laughs> Collecting paychecks everywhere he goes, but he's not any good. It's it's kind of a joke. We will uh, we'll kind of end here for the, the game of the the last game of the week, which obviously this is Wednesday night, Thursday morning we're recording. So at this point, unless you live under a rock, you would have already heard everything about this by now. Um, the Monday night football bills Bengals game was postponed slash suspended after uh, DeMar Hamlin on a kickoff return. It seemed to do a pretty routine tackle. Like it didn't really seem any. Uh, it wasn't a kickoff seem- return. Was it a completion, completion to T. Higgins. I thought it was on a return. Pass completion to T. Higgins. Either pretty way, sure it was, pretty sure it was a, yeah, because T. Higgins is the one that hit him. Because he delivered the blow. I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it was way. a return. I'm pretty sure it was a, yeah. Well, either way, um, T. Higgins was the guy. I do know that because he is having a rough time as well. But he, uh, he pretty much made a routine tackle. Like it wasn't, anything out of the ordinary and for all the media and everything they were basically saying like that's kind of how the nfl wants you to tackle shoulder head off to the side bring him down no weight bearing like he did exactly what they you know wanted to do um but essentially what happened is not to get too in depth here with our uh, anatomy background but uh for the listeners here to to you know they they tend to come here to learn things i feel so Are we going to tell them about commotio cordis, Jared? Yeah, cor- correct. We'll give them a little uh, a little lesson here, real quick. Now we're not experts, but we have a little background. So the uh, the heart, when it contracts, we got the PQRST, uh, and that simulates the um, heart contraction per beat. So on the T wave, which is the final part of the contraction, if you get hit a blunt force at that exact time when the T wave is hitting, then that's basically the the perfect time at the perfect spot can send your heart into an arrhythmia, into V, fib, and cardiac arrest, which essentially is what happened here. If that's what happened. 
correct. That's what the assumption is at this point. God damn it. Any- you don't you, you don't put this much alcohol in the other half of the show. <laughs> oh boy, I'm really trying not to get us censored here on uh, something I'm sure else. Are. I'm really trying not to say it, dude. You know what I'm thinking. Oh, I do. Um, but that's what the potential assumptions are right now. And as far as that goes, basically, I'm kind of shocked. They said that that, this isn't really a common incidence in football. And I guess probably just because it's not a pinpointed, when you're tackling, you're not getting hit point blank. You know, typically it's absorbed by the upper body or lower body. It's more dispersed. Whereas in baseball, they said it's more common. You get hit point blank with a ball. It's, you know, more like a bullet or a hockey, you know, getting hit with a puck. It's more direct. Um, I can't ever remember a time seeing this on a field, like seeing a guy getting CPR. Um, But essentially. Would you say it happened less often than like in pre-2020? Or would you say it's happened more often since 2020. <laughs> oh, well, I'll leave that, I'll leave that to, to your brain buster. But uh, just it's just, just a question. It's it's I, a dialogue. I, I'm opening up a dialogue. I mean, I, I, you know, <laughs> we've, we've both played. Uh, we both played little league ball. We've played, you know, high school. We've played ball. We've watched ball. I've, had, I've seen a lot of people get fucking hit, and then ain't no one of them had to fucking have CPR done on them. Exactly. It's same thing. Even when you know you're watching the MMA fights, I, UFC. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever seen any of those guys getting CPR mm-hmm. in the in the ring. So this is mm-hmm. obviously uh, it's obviously an isolated incident. Um, Last reports I heard, he was still in the ICU in critical condition. So, hopefully, um, you know he pulls out and things things improve for him. But I don't know what his future holds as far as in the league. I don't know what his future holds as far as quality of life. You know, I I don't know. It's obviously an isolated incident because it's not something like an ACL. We see this all the time. But I guess the good thing is, and I didn't realize it, that they actually have staff that's trained at every facility for every team. And they drill this, which, I mean, I guess that, if anything, that's good to know that they are practicing this, that they are aware of, you know, what's going on because that staff was out there like on point, like with no, no hesitation. So that was obviously, you know, pertinent. That was essential. So, you know, high quality CPR. Yes. Props to them, if anything. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I guess supposedly his uncle's, you know, been doing his rounds of trying to update some people and his, uh, was it his marketing agent or whatever? Apparently he, he coded and uh, they had to do CPR on him again from what they were saying when he got to the the ER. So Mm -hmm. last report I heard, and again, this is Wednesday night, Thursday morning that he, uh, he was on 50% oxygen. He was on 100%. He's down to 50. So, I mean, he is starting potentially moving in the right direction to, you know, breathe on his own. But, man, I don't know. He's got a long road to go. And, I mean, obviously, hopefully everything goes well. But I don't know how you come back. I mean, I'll put it that way. I, I just I don't know what the future holds for him. I don't know. I just hope that he's able, in all seriousness, we all hope, full recovery. We hope there's no brain damage. We hope that CPR was started with ample time that he regains full brain function. NFL is secondary at this point. Quality of life, as you mentioned, is number one. It it, it could be an anomaly. 
it could be something else. It's just, it's, it's awful. It's, you don't ever want to see that in any sport at any age, at any level. You you don't want to see that. No, but, and I know I was talking to a couple other people and they were talking about it on ESPN, like as far as his future, whether you You, you just want him to get off the ventilator at this point and get back to it. Yeah. But they were saying as far as his future, you know, does he get back in the league? You know, whatever no. they were saying that apparently there's been a handful of incidents since I guess was it 1990 or 1995, 99, whatever, in hockey where the same incident happened, and there were three of the four cases, I guess, that were reported where this happened that those people had underlying heart conditions, arrhythmias, and such, you know, and so forth that just were undiagnosed, which. I don't know what goes on. I mean, neither of us really know. The public, I guess, in general, probably doesn't know what all goes on at these combines and these, you know, these draft physicals. You know, I assume, unless you have a reason to do an echo or an EKG or a heart cath, you're probably not doing one unless you have symptoms or a reason or, you know, suspicion to do one. So they were just undiagnosed until this happened. So I would have to assume that there's potential that there might be something underlying that just was undiagnosed. So I guess where it stands here and not to sound insensitive, but I mean, God, man, the guy's got his whole life ahead of him. He's only 24. He's only been in the league for two years. Maybe this was a freak accident. Maybe he's got underlying issues, but I don't know what the future holds. Do you, if, you know, granted, let's just, you know, we're hoping he gets a full recovery every, you know, regains everything. And he's, you know, back to normal, but do you, I mean, you were medically dead on the field. I mean, and I even texted you that when I saw it, you know, firsthand, we're like, Oh my God, did we just see a guy die on the field? So my wife I, said when we were watching it, obviously yeah. like the, the biggest regular season game of the, of the entire season so far, like NFL wise, fantasy wise, you name it. Incredible matchup between two playoff teams. Oh yeah. And, playoffs and my wife team. asked me, she, she said, has anybody ever died? in an NFL game before. And honestly, I, at the time, I didn't know. I didn't know. I think it was Chuck Hughes, Charlie Hughes, Chuck Hughes, yeah, Detroit Lions in 1971, where they the completed 70s. the game. 1971. Yeah. Detroit Lions, they completed the game. Of course, there were like 30, it, it doesn't matter, but 36 seconds, I think, left in the game, and they completed it. He ended up dying. He had a blood clot in one of his arteries. It's just, uh, I mean, it happens. But and, but, and that's what happen were, more now with blood clotting. Well, yeah, and that's what they were talking about on ESPN. Uh, let's just say, hypothetically, hopefully, this is the case. He, you know, everything's good. We get back to normal. At 24 years old, you have your whole life ahead of you. Do you want to come back? And you know, let's just say this is an isolated incident. Like, hey, you got out of the woods on this one. Do you want to take a gamble again? I don't know. Or he goes the other route and he has an underlying condition and his career's over. You know, I don't know, but I mean, man, life is bigger than football. Football's a sport. You get paid. What's the saying? You get paid a King's ransom to play a kid's game, man. You got your whole life ahead of you. It's not like you're in your forties or your thirties and you've had 15, 20 years in the league, man, go, go live your life. Like you got, you made your dream. It might not be, you know, as long as you wanted, but you made it farther than most consider this if you pull through and you have full function of everything you know back to normal count your blessings man take it as a a sign but again that's not for us to decide um we just hope that everything pans out and you know he makes a good recovery and you know he's got full function and mobility and 
and all that good stuff and nothing but good outcomes for him. Copy but, that. But, you know, obviously not to sound more, but I, I know we kind of talked about this just because we have a few games in our personal fantasy league that are implicated by this. What do they do? Like I've heard so many so many um, scenarios on what could happen, what they could do, what could happen, what they should do. I, I don't know what they do. I've heard things from just void the game and then end the season at week 18 and go with winning percentage. I've heard basically just leave it as is, void the game, and, hey, you're still in the playoffs. You still got to play regardless if you're second, third seed anyway. I've heard, hey, only play the game if the Chiefs lose because then you could potentially move up. So just see what happens next week with the Chiefs. I've heard – Scrap the Pro Bowl or push it back to pass the Super Bowl like it used to be. Move the playoffs back a week and play week 19 with just those two teams. I've heard so many scenarios, but again, not to sound morbid, but it comes down to the NFL doesn't want to lose the money. You got sponsorships, you got viewership, you got a lot of stuff on the line, you got playoff seedings. These two teams are ranked two and three in the AFC, and the Bengals have the division potentially wrapped up, you know running on this as well so there's a lot of implications wrapped up obviously you know full disclosure none of that matters but that being said you know human life is obviously the most pertinent concern here but with that being said what do they do i don't know i've read so many different reactions online from people that were just outraged that they even contemplated playing the rest of that game the other on Monday night, which I totally understand players' heads wouldn't be in the game safety issue, the human component to it. I get it. Cancel the rest of the game makes complete sense. I've seen people talk about scrapping the season. You need to end it now. These are people. No, it's it's unrealistic. You're not ending an entire season because of an anomaly here. If that's the case, if you end the season, you end football in general. You shut down the whole league if you're at that point. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. You don't do that. What you need to do, you've given these teams a week to grieve. As as former players have said, when when you sign up to play the game, you are given that astronomical salary. You know the risks. This is the reality. People say, you know, they're going to go to war. They die for their, die for their yeah. teammates, die for their brothers. They say it. This is the reality. It's a, it, it's an you inherent ex- risk. You, you never expect it. It's going to you happen. You never but expect again, it. You know it's what a the risk. potential possibility is. It's a risk. It's the same thing. NASCAR drivers get out there, go around, you know, whatever, right. 150, 180 some miles an hour in a, in, in a you know, piece of metal. Yeah, baseball players, pitchers taking, you know, a bat line drive off a bat. It's it's a risk. You sign up for it. You know the inherent risks and CTE long term effects. It's all a risk. You sign up for it. You do it. It's what it's what happens. the The situation with this game is it's the most important matchup of the NFL regular season to date. A home field advantage by playoffs on the line. My, if I were a gambler, and thanks to Ohio, 
you're only strengthening that resolve. Good God. Although I did yeah. lose my ass we'll, tonight as of this podcast. But so uh, we'll, we'll get to that here in oh, a second. Jesus. But but yeah, you, you've got this game. You can you, you have the ability to push back the playoffs. Okay. Play a week. I'm air quoting this a week 19. Push everything back. The Bills are playing this week. Bengals are playing this week. Not each other. They've got other key matchups this weekend that they're playing. Afterwards, you play the game as it was. It's an important matchup. They have to. They have to play it. Life goes on for the rest of the league. You don't just shut down the entire NFL because of an extremely unfortunate and sad event. You have to keep playing. I think the Bills-Bengals play. I think they play the week after week 18. Who cares about Pro Bowl? Who cares about whatever? The, there, there's a gap in the playoffs. There's a, an open week where they can do it. They can fit it in. Life goes see my, on. See, my that was my 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 thoughts as well. That that was probably the most plausible thing, because and I don't remember what the specifics were, but there are specifics in the CBA that they agreed to when it renewed just a few what years ago or whatever, where there has to be so many down days in between games. So everybody that was saying, oh, well, they could play Thursday or they could play Wednesday or they could play Friday. It's not going to happen because both these teams play Sunday. So you're not you're done. If you don't play Monday, you're not going to play this game this week because you play a game on Sunday. So that's not going to happen. So the only other option would be to extend it to week 19, push everything back a week and either scrap the Pro Bowl or like it used to when we were kids, have it after the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. One or the other. Regardless, the Pro Bowl, let's be honest, it's a flag football. It doesn't mean anything anyway. You can just get rid of it. But my thing is, and granted, with this, with the reasoning behind all this, really no team can say anything because, A, you're going to sound like a total tool if you say anything about it. And, B, you know what the reasoning is behind it. So, you know, it, it's it's kind of like the COVID stuff where we had games on a Wednesday at some point. It's mm-hmm. just an isolated incident. You just – it's a one-time you know, thing. But if they push the playoffs back and we do a week 19, you're going to have that quote-unquote bye week for the top seeds, top one seeds of the both conferences, plus the other, what, seven, eight, nine teams that are in the top, you know, not the uh, wild card games. You're going to have all of them, the division leaders, all having a buy as well because of the week 19 game between the two teams between Cincy and Buffalo. So then does that basically, I don't want to say it waters it down, but does it basically, it, it waters the incentive down of being the number one seed because if I have a buy and then so does everybody else. Now, granted, I don't think anybody cares because again, this is an isolated incident, but hypothetically you can't fit it in this week. I mean, it's as simple as that, because if you're playing this week, you're going to play on Sunday and then you're going to play again the following Sunday because of playoffs. You're playing three games in a week and a half. Like, that's just not going to happen. That's why this week wasn't an option. That's why they ended up suspending it, canceling it or postponing it, not canceling it. Yeah. Just postponing it because this week there's too many. There's important matchups this week. The Bills have a playoff opponent this week. The Bengals have a playoff opponent this week. Yeah. Well, the, and the thing is, the Bills have to, you know, I, I don't know how you do it, but you have to get your head right because you have to beat the, the Patriots. You have to. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, Cincy, they're playing what Baltimore. Yeah. Is that who they're? So, okay. So Baltimore's right on your tail. So you got to beat them. So, I mean, they have two big games. They're both huge. This Monday, this last Monday, was literally, and I'll I'll stand by the biggest game of the season. This weekend, also huge playoff implication games. We the NFL got through COVID at the height of COVID with having to push things back. They got through it. They played in a full no game during the height of COVID was canceled. There was no game that was canceled because of COVID. They're not going to or postpone, but it's right. still played. They're not going to cancel a game in its entirety over this event. Nor do I think they should. And, and if I'll put it this way, the only way they do is if it's an absolute last resort and there is no other option. If they exhaust all other options, that's the only way I see it happening. But again. There's too much on the line, not to sound morbid, you know, aside from, you know, obviously the health and everything of the player, but there's too much on the line and too many implications for that one game. And I've even heard people say, and I, I don't, this is, this just doesn't make any sense to me. I've even heard people say, just call the game and give them both a loss or give them a, a tie. That's even worse. If you're no, going to just call the awful. game, if you're just going to call the game, then you avoid it and it never happened because if you give a, a tie, that's huge. Ask Washington how that tie worked out for them. I mean, that's huge. And as far as a lot, you can't just give Buffalo a loss because they lost, what, eight minutes into the first quarter. You don't know how that game would have panned out. Mm-mm. So you really can't just do that either. So I, they'll figure out the best scenario, whatever the scenario will be. It'll be an asterisk. They'll move on just like they did with you know COVID. They'll figure it God, out. I hope, a- I hope there's no asterisk. Asterisk <laughs> implies that Roger Goodell is going to fuck this up like he fucks up every single other decision he's made. I mean, that's what everybody implies anyway. Everyone implies that he's got his hands and he, he you know he he puppeteers everything anyway. That's what everyone says. So I I don't know, but that's neither here nor there. They'll figure it out. There's seating involved. There's money on the line. There's they'll they'll figure it out. I don't know what it. it I don't know what the end result is going to be. I don't know how they come to terms with it. How, who agrees? I don't know, but some way or another, something will be figured out. Um, but to kind of tie a bow on this, uh, the last thing that was kind of interesting, and that's kind of been the thing that kind of caught my, I guess, ear was. When that first happened, I, I, you, you were obviously watching it. I was watching mm-hmm. it. When it first happened, it was kind of very awkward um, because, you know, Buck and Aikman obviously didn't know what to do. Well, let's send it back to the studio. And they almost seemed like they were kind of like dumbfounded, like caught off guard, like, uh, 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 no, don't send it to us. We don't have anything. Send it back to the field. And then, no, we don't want to do it. Send it back to the studio. And it was just kind of a back and forth and then commercial break and then back and forth and commercial break, which – Whatever. It's an isolated incident. You can't prepare for that. But somehow in that chain of events, somebody, and I'm sure you probably heard this, somebody had said, hey, you know, he's off the field. He's in the ambulance. We're going to give the teams five minutes to warm up Mm -hmm. and we're coming back out. And then the, is he the president? Uh, Vincent? Troy Vincent. Yeah. NFLPA, yeah. Yeah. He had came out and said, we were on communication in the ref's earpiece and the microphone the entire time through this whole thing. All the coaches were all involved. We were in, you know, we were in communication 
Goodell was involved, like that never came from us. But yet, obviously, somebody relayed that right. message to Buck Listen. for him to say that. It didn't come out of nowhere. So who the heck said this? Because, A, the NFL has to be ticked because that it, makes them look horrible. That, that's, hey, mm-hmm. hey, this guy may have died on the field. You know, go get your head right. You know, take a lap, get some water, five minutes, and then we're going to go. Like, that looks horrible for them. So whoever said it, eh, probably not in the best light right now. I'll tell you who didn't say it. The guy who looks at Troy Aikman with those puppy dog eyes, every time they show those two on camera, I get uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I got to go take a shower every, after every time they, they show a close-up of Joe Buck staring like, like a third looking at any- like a Cindy Crawford poster of Troy Aikman every single time. Listen, if it's ESP, ESPN didn't pull that out of thin air, dude. No. That was an NFL thing. NFL's covering their ass. Oh, oh God, we can't be the insensitive assholes who said we were going to give him seven or five minutes after homeboy yeah. goes down with a cardiac arrest. NFL's backtracking. They look bad. They've always looked bad. They don't give a flying fuck about the NFL players' no. health, Somebody safety. They don't Somebody, give a shit, dude. Well, Troy, thing is, Troy and Joe is, did not come up with that on their own. No, and the thing is, you didn't just pull that out of nowhere because, from what I've heard, that's standard protocol. Somebody gets carved off with an ACL, you got a few minutes to warm up, and you, the game's on. So that's standard protocol. So somebody had said that because that's what standard protocol had been because this has never happened before in a long, long time. So something came up. Whether you're backtracking, I don't know. We'll never know because you know we're never going to see, we're never going to hear the inside story. But. It's not a good look. We'll just put it that way. It's not a good look. <laughs> I think the NFL should hang their hat on the fact that, hey, listen, 50-plus years ago, we would have played through it. Today, we're woke. We took a break, and we canceled the game. I think yeah. they should hang their hat on that. Well, Stop being and, and, such a bunch of pussies and just say, you know what? We, we, we thought about it. We didn't yeah. play. Well, and here's the thing. that It makes them look even worse because if that was even the thought, you got to give props to uh, Taylor and McDermott and the players because they both. From what I'm told, Joe Burrow and the rest of the Bengals <laughs> captains, too, went exactly. over to the Bills locker room. Exactly, yeah. And basically, even if the plan was, hey, you guys get five minutes and we're going to go ahead and start playing again, all the players basically said, no, we're not. <laughs> and the coaches said, no, we're not. And apparently there's reports from uh, Taylor when he went over head coach for the Bengals, and talked to Sean McDermott, uh, coach of the Bills, and basically said, hey, well, you, you know, how do you guys want to proceed with this? And McDermott basically said, like, hey, I can't supposedly, not quoting, but I can't be here coaching these guys. I, need, I got a guy that just potentially died on the field. I got to go to the hospital. I can't coach this game right now. And so they realized that this is bigger than a game. So regardless of what the NFL would have said, those guys weren't playing anyway. So... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to think, and we'll never know. We'll never know. It's just as simple as that. But it's. I mean, it's. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. It's over with the NFL. Yeah. We'll see how they screwed up from here on out because I'm sure they will. But uh, as of the recording, it looks like Demar Hamlin's toy drives about a tickle me Elmo shy of seven million. Really? Well, I know. So that, kudos yeah. for that. Yeah, he, uh, he had a goal of, I guess this started back when he was in college because he didn't have any money, and it was like his goal was like 250000 and I think it was within an hour of it being announced. It was like over a million, and last I heard this oh, morning, yeah. late last night, I think it was $5 million, so that's that's crazy. 
Yeah, um, it's li- they literally just as we're recording this on what? What is this Wednesday night? Yeah, is it Wednesday? What today is? Say Thursday night? Shit, I don't know. It literally, it's like six point nine million. Yeah, well, I mean, it's crazy. They, um, they had his what is it? His marketing agent on the uh, McAfee show, and they were talking mm. to him, and they said basically, take a shot, take a shot. Yeah. Everybody out there, do it. Do two. Do two. Well, McAfee's well, worth two. Dumpsters with one. Oh, all right. Is that, you're, the, you're, is that the you, scenario? That's the transfer rate. Well, they we said, discussed it. We well, discussed well, they were it. talking. They were talking to him, his agent, and they said they were not expecting this. Obviously, the, you know, the guy's only been in the league for two years. He doesn't have that much pull yet. He's not like a Josh Allen or whatever. So they were not expecting this resurgence of all this funds. So they said they started freaking out because they don't have access to his GoFundMe because he has the password. So they started seeing this GoFundMe climb and climb and mm-hmm. climb and climb. And they're like, oh, my God, how do we disperse these funds? Because <laughs> we don't have the password, so we don't even know if we can get into the account. So that was their biggest concern where this money just keeps coming in and they don't have a way to access it, which that's an awesome problem to have, I guess, if, <laughs> if there's any bright you know, thing here. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of end that topic here that uh you know we just kind of hope that you know he's got a full recovery he you know has no setbacks that things go as good as possible and you know he's back to normal and as quick as possible um i guess i mean there's not really much more else we can say with where we're kind of at with that report but uh we'll end it here you know with this last uh last highlight i guess if you want to call it that maybe not for you now given the uh last few minutes here but for those uh, three friends of ours <laughs> that are listening, if you're in Ohio, uh, New Year's Day sports betting and gambling went live and legal in the state of Ohio. So we were able to take advantage of uh, all those promo deals and take all advantage of all that money they were trying to give us to suck us in. And, you know, FanDuel was given promos and DraftKings was given promos and BetMGM and Caesar and you name it, they were giving them out. So we had plenty of opportunities to uh, take advantage of it here. So we'll get to join the masses and start talking about some bets of the week that we like. And uh, I know Todd had talked about worst losses of the week. <laughs> Hopefully you don't make that cut. But uh, with that being said, we've we've hit on a lot. They've had some crazy ones here. They've you know for the Browns to get one point in the game, for the Browns to complete one pass in the game, you know, boost on their odds. Like it's just those are gimmies, you know. And tonight the Cavs played the Suns, and they had you know a rebound. Fanduel had a boost for that, and uh, I think DraftKings had a boost for a three point one three point shot made in the game. So. If you're still in Ohio and you still haven't jumped on board, take advantage of all the free money because these are guaranteed hits. Because you know, soon after this new state promo wraps up, you know you're gonna be looking at Super Bowl. Things are gonna get a lot tighter. So go out and take all that money that you can now and use it later. But uh, with that being said, how'd your bets fan? Yeah, how'd they how'd they fare out? I, I'm kind of guessing they didn't pan out well for you. If you're betting hockey, always take the under. What if I told you, Jared? Always take the under. I don't care if it's hockey, squash. Quidditch. Is squash on there? NFL, believe me, if they're playing for a score, you can bet on it. (laughs) Always take the under and uh, don't bet against LeBron and the Lakers, especially if LeBron's not playing because Anthony Davis. I just lost that one. LeBron and the brow, and I lost. (laughs) 
is, is the uh, free money, the, Jared. Uh, that actually may have been real money. I may have actually deposited real money, but it's fine. It was uh, Commissioner Cup league dues. It's not my money. It's your money. <laughs> well, well, just hang on a minute. Did you did you get all of the Commissioner Cup dues? Because otherwise, you're not playing with the full house. Then I did. I didn't. I did indeed. And it's it's gone. It's all gone. I I bet it all. I got a little confident. I got a little. There was there was some uh, uh, some some basketball hubris. I uh, I overplayed my hand. Let's so just, let's just use this as a PSA <laughs> for all the people in Ohio. If this is your first crack at the deal, uh, don't don't blow your wad on you know the first week. <laughs> just let just ease into it a little bit until you get used to it. Because otherwise, you're gonna end up like Todd. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I, I got a little silly because now that it's, I'm going to air quote this one, now that it's legal because, shit, I was betting on betonline.ag for years, which was also legal. It was just offshore. So you had to get your payouts either in Bitcoin or some thank other God. things that Jared thank doesn't know about. Thank God, but, you're, still not, thank God you're not doing Bitcoin now, man. <laughs> yeah, you could have made a fortune. But, uh, yeah, you know, just bet responsibly. And I'm sure there's a hotline out there for you in case you are a degenerate gambling addict like I am. <laughs> but you got anything else? <laughs> Other than yourself in your misery now? Nah, I, I'm still up like three or 400 bucks from all those Ohio bonuses, but don't worry. The kids college funds, the way I look at it, the world's going to end here in a couple more years. Anyway, once this vaccine takes us all out and, uh, I'm not going to have to worry about it. So I, I say live fast and, uh, die young. <laughs> wow. There's an endorsement we could get behind. Um, yeah. So with that being said, you know, if you haven't taken advantage of it yet, there's so many of these sports books out there. Uh, I would say, Hey, just make sure that whatever you're, you know, taking advantage of or, you know, jumping into, make sure it's reputable. Obviously the FanDuel, the DraftKings, the MGMs, you know, the um, Caesars, obviously those ones are pretty safe. They're pretty well known. They're backed, you know, they're, they got some, you know, brick and mortar behind them, but some of these other ones are some sketchy ones. Just make sure you know what you're getting into. Don't, don't bet the house if you don't know what, it, what you're doing, but uh, yeah, ease into it. Go have some fun, take advantage of it. And uh yeah, I think that'll uh, wrap up another episode here, the fifth quarter sports cast. Uh, download, rate, subscribe, review. If you want to interact with us, you can interact on uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, you know, pretty much anywhere. Fifth Q Sportscast, five THQ Sportscast. Uh, until then, we'll uh, catch you on the next episode. Here, we'll break down some Week 18 and uh, Week 18 football, the NFL, and yeah, we'll look uh, forward to the uh, postseason and playoffs and how things shake up. There are a lot of important games, so uh, we'll watch some football. Go uh, play some bets, go win some money, take uh, take them for all they're worth. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys here next week. Shout out to Sunset Speedwash on Sunset Boulevard, LA, baby. Tell them Todd sent you. Peace. <laughs>